Father, we continue to worship you and ascribe greatness unto who you are, my heavenly Savior. We thank you for loving us and for fighting our battles. We thank you, Lord, for making us uh, your Passover special entities in the world, even in the midst of pandemics and challenges and questions and deaths and burdens that we are carrying in our lives, oh Lord. We remember what you did with the children of Israel in Egypt when you made them pass over houses, oh Lord, and you passed over them in the midst of death and the catastrophe that fell over in Egypt. So we pray that in the midst of the challenges that we are facing, and Lord, the pandemic that is raging and ravaging the world, oh Lord, you shall come and you shall protect us, and we shall be surely examples of your great testimonies in this world, oh Lord. We bless you, we love you, speak unto us even today. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Friends, recently I was doing a live radio program and uh, someone called in and uh, they said, Levran, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think I must have been talking about fear. Thank you so much for addressing this topic. You know, because for us, he said in our language, for us here, people have died. But with And I told him, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> that is not true. Everyone is not dead. You know, there is a way that people sometimes, because of the pressure and fear, choose to be uh, pessimists about situations. And they tell you everyone has died. Everyone is sick because of probably a catastrophe or any other level of challenge in their lives that kind of overwhelms them. And I told him, no way, evidence is one, you're talking, I'm here, I'm speaking. I told him, I just read statistics, um, the people that were getting healed of, of the COVID-19, you know, infections were much more, uh, you, you know, were many more uh, above the cases that were uh, reported dead and issues of that nature. So in life, we, we need to know that God remains in control when things get out of control. Today, uh, we are here to address a topic or to talk about a topic that is entitled The God Who Protects His Own in the Pandemic. The God Who Protects His Own in the Pandemic. Uh, yeah, you, you, your Passover treasures in the pandemic. God passes over, over you. That is not to mean that we do not get challenges, but we're going to explain uh, the details of this uh, here in this uh, forthcoming teaching. Our passage of focus uh, this morning is Exodus chapter 2. Um, Exodus chapter 2, and we want to look at uh, the life of Moses in the midst of a pandemic that was raging and, um, you know, um, killing uh, lots of um, um, lots of Israelites, boys of his age, and definitely um, tormenting um, his parents and the adults that were living then as slaves in uh, Egypt. Exodus chapter 2 verse 1 says, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and uh, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket uh, for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance uh, to see what uh, would happen to him. And then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. And her attendants were walking along the river bank. Uh, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slaves uh, to get it. 
and she opened it and saw the baby uh, he was crying and she felt sorry for him and this is one this is one of the hebrew babies she said then his sister asked uh, pharaoh's daughter shall i go and uh, get one of the hebrew women to nurse the baby for you yes go she answered so the girl went and got the baby's mother uh, pharaoh's daughter said to her take this baby and nurse him for me and i'll pay you <laughs> oh this gets better uh, so the woman took the baby and nursed him uh, when the child grew older she took him to pharaoh's daughter and he became her son and she named him moses saying i drew him out of the water Imagine getting paid to nurse your own child, to take care of your own child, and they pay you. Uh, this is where pandemics get interesting if God uh, gets in charge. Friends, this is a, a very wonderful story that is uh, uh, right at, um, at the center of the Exodus. You could say at the foundation as well. Uh, God appointed Moses to be one that was going to lead the Exodus. But this was uh, long before it uh, could happen, at least 80 years before the Exodus could come into play. Because we know that Moses was about 80 years when God picked him from uh, um, the desert of uh, Midian to come and orchestrate the deliverance of the kingdom of israel from egypt but what, what was happening right now was uh, or then was the fact that the kingdom of israel had been locked up in uh, egypt for about 430 years and um going by a covenant that god had gotten into with um, Abraham, in Genesis chapter 15, uh, particularly verse 13, God said that a time would come when he would deliver his people out of a foreign nation with an outstretched hand. And this is uh, just uh, what was about to happen. Now, in the Exodus, God exalts himself as a God that supersedes every other God with uh, the Egyptian gods uh, coming as a case in context. And um, God portrays himself as a very faithful God, you see, because he makes promises and he comes forth and he fulfills them. He also portrays himself as a sovereign God that stands above each and every God and every other circumstance, including the separation of seas. So in the Exodus, we see God as a sovereign God. We see God as a faithful uh, promise keeper. Eh? In Lingala, we say, Mubiki Sabilakanaye. He keeps his promises. So we see him in, in all these circumstances. We see him as a loving and forgiving God that keeps forgiving his people, even when they were messing up big time. And finally, we see him as a God that keeps his, prom his promises when he finally delivers them across the Jordan and takes them to Canaan or to the promised land. But now, uh, today our topic, uh, like we said earlier on, is entitled, and the God who protects his own amidst the pandemic, or a God that treats us as a Passover treasure. And we're going to be seeing the meaning of those words. Friends, it is possible to be saved, to be protected by the Lord in the midst of the fray of the pandemics uh, or catastrophes. You see, it is very, very possible. Now, I'm not uh, suggesting here that um, believers do not get hurt or believers do not get wounded in one way or the other, that believers are therefore um, 
secure and are not prone to suffer in the midst of a catastrophe. I'm not exactly saying that, but I'm saying that God has the ability, if he wills, to completely secure his people right in the midst of a catastrophe. He really, really has that ability. And uh, we also need to understand that even if we die in the midst of a catastrophe, death does not mean that much to God. You know, it doesn't make much difference before God. Why? Because to him, we say that life and death is one and the same thing. Probably death could mean that uh, it is a gate that even gets in, gets you into a much more better situation. We could say a glorification in terms of the Bible. You see, so for God, that doesn't really make much difference. Even if you died in the midst of a catastrophe as a believer, it doesn't really matter why, because you're actually getting into a passage by way of death into eternal life and glorification and a much more better state than could be compared to what you're could possibly undergo down here on earth. So that is what we want to look at. Now the passage right here is a passage that gives us the background to the birth of Moses and basically lays the foundation to the Exodus, which we are saying from this point was about 80 years away. What is happening is that um, Moses brings to the notice, to our notice, um, uh, two uh, people here, a Levite woman and the Levite man, and um, you, you can see how God um, uh, orchestrates things to come into play. Uh, God chooses uh, later the Levites in uh, the Exodus. He later chooses them to be a people that were going to be specially uh, set apart to be his own, his portion amongst the children of Israel. It was a clan that was set apart to minister unto the Lord. Now, it is not surprising to see that God, well ahead of time, even before this happens, he is choosing a man out of the Levite uh, clan and a woman out of the Levite clan. Friends, God has your destiny in control. That is what the writer is pointing to there. Let me tell you one thing. Things don't just happen. I personally do not believe in coincidences. I told you that. I do not believe in coincidences. I don't. Not a single moment in my life. I don't believe in them. You know why? Because God is in control. Uh, you know, Psalm 139 says that God has every event of my life written in his book. Now, if I can be faithful, if I can continue being faithful uh, before the Lord, then how do you tell me that things are going to come and they are coincidental in my life? I don't believe in that. It, it's, uh, you know, for someone that believes or submits the notion that God could, could, could um, that life could be coincidental, uh, that is tantamount to imagining that probably God sleeps or slumbers off or goes on a journey or is, is not omnipotent. So I personally don't believe in that. Now, that is what the writer means here. We see an orchestration of something that was going to happen later in the future, but God is, you know, predestining it well ahead of time. And what happened was that at that time, um, the Pharaoh in Egypt uh, was worried about the increasing strength of uh, the Israelites then. Uh, you, you see that? Now, for us to understand this very well, we need to back up a little bit and go back to Exodus chapter 1 and verse 8, which says that then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, uh, or they will become even 
<laughs> more numerous and um if war breaks out uh, they will join our enemies fight against us and leave the country now my bible where i do my studies the new american standard says uh you come and let us deal wisely with them <laughs> for me that is very interesting you see this is what the world is doing today they are saying let us deal wisely with them meaning what let us incapacitate them let us make them slaves let us kill them and that is what they are calling wisdom you see that's why the Bible warns and says, not be wise in your own understanding. Today, when someone steals money, they call him Omugezi. That man is wise. You see, today, when someone does something wrong, they, they say that they, they, they call them wise. Eh? And this is what prophet Isaiah bewailed be, be us and he bemoans and he says in Isaiah 5.20 and he says, Cast be a man that calls right wrong and wrong right, light darkness and darkness light. You see? That is where the problem is. So these people are saying, let us deal wisely with them. What was the wisdom as far as they were concerned? It is incapacitating the Israelites. They started by exposing them to a lot of hard labor. But the Bible says, and I love this, the more they exposed them to hard labor was the more that they prospered and increased in number. <laughs> you see, our God cannot be stopped. In the midst of a catastrophe, he continues to take care. Now, when that failed, the Pharaoh took to the point of, um, um, you know, summoning the Hebrew women or midwives that were delivering the Hebrew women. One was called Ashifra, another was called Pua. And he told them, make sure that you exterminate all these boys that are born of Hebrew women. And these women, the Bible says, um, feared the Lord and they did not do it. And they told the Pharaoh, every time we get to these women, you, 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 you know, Pharaoh, please, you just have mercy upon us. Ah! These women, you joke with Hebrew women, these women are powerful. Before you get to them, they have already pushed Quip, the babies out. <laughs> so we have nothing to do about it. And it was then that this man instituted or made a decree and said, let every Hebrew boy that cannot die at birth be killed by being thrown into the Nile. Now that is how Moses ends up being hidden by his parents for some time, for about three uh, months. But I want you to see that every time we defy ungodly orders, uh, we are actually honoring God, only that we need to exercise wisdom at that point. When you go to Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 23, you realize that uh, these people were actually acting by faith. In Hebrews 11, 23, the Bible says, by faith, Moses' parents did him, hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edicts. You see that? When you're in the midst of um, a catastrophe and uh, there's an order that is ungodly, friends, you ought to continue submitting unto the Lord. It is not disobedience per se, but you need wisdom in exercising that. If my parent tells me to go into divination, I cannot go, even if the consequence is not paying my fees. But you handle this with wisdom. God is saying they did not simply hide this boy per se, but they were people of faith. They were exercising faith in doing that. Now, I, I want to move to two points that I want to make today. Uh, a God that protects us in uh, the catastrophe or that makes us pass over treasures in the catastrophe. There are two things here. One, God is not limited in our protection. God is not limited even in the catastrophe. 
uh, to protect us. And then uh, secondly, uh, secondly, nothing stops God. Nothing can ever stop him if he wants to protect us. If his will is to protect us through a catastrophe, a pandemic, nothing can stop him. Friends, I want you to look at this. A very interesting circumstance here that is surrounding the growth of Moses. One, we see that his parents tried to hide him for three months. And when they couldn't do that anymore, they picked Moses and took him to the river. Which river? The Nile. Now, many of you know that the Nile comes from here. Probably by now you know that. <laughs> we didn't have to uh, have John speak come and then discover the source of the Nile. No, 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 no. The Basoga knew the Nile was there. They really knew. <laughs> they knew all along. And the Baganda, they knew. But the source of the Nile, as we hear, is in Ginger. So the Basoga must have known that it was there. Now, Moses is picked and uh, is is painfully taken into uh, the now lashes or marshes. And what happens is that the Bible says his sister, who is not mentioned here, but we definitely know that this must have been Miriam. Miriam is looking on, of course, to say, oh, my dear poor brother, what is going to befall or become of you? And what happens at that very time, Pharaoh's daughter comes forth to the river to bathe or whatever it was that she was going to do, but she was going to bathe, that is what they say, and she has her attendants. And what happens, um, she goes right, when she's walking along the Nile, she goes right ahead and sees Moses. And after seeing Moses, she says, oh, this is one of the Hebrew boys. Ah, oh, Bambi, look at him, look at the eyes. He looks so cute. Can you imagine? And then Miriam is standing by and she's watching. And then Miriam, by divine intuition and guidance, says, should I pick you a lady that is going to nurse this boy? And then the lady says, or the princess says, yes, go right ahead and pick pick that lady. And Miriam, of course, went for her, for her mother. Can you imagine? And when the mother came, of course, she, she as a lactating mother, you definitely must have signs of the fact that you're breastfeeding. But then the princess did not even ask that maybe you're the mother. She didn't ask. Her concern was, take care of the child. I'm going to pay you. Oh, wonderful. God does wonders. In the midst of the catastrophe, God can bring out a blessing. How many of you know that uh, th there are people that have been blessed out of their catastrophes? Like they suffered, like a lady that I know that suffered of sickle uh, uh, cell anemia, ended up starting an organization that takes care of sickle cell people. But I mean, she became very rich out of that. Not that she intended to you know, rip out of it, but somehow God blesses you. The lady that started, you know, a, a tassel in Uganda came openly out and said she was positive. And those days people didn't want to mention uh, anything to do with HIV, but she ended up being a blessing to this country. And probably God also blessed her. Like you see that God can bless you in the midst of um, a pandemic, in the midst of a catastrophe. Our problem is we keep crying and seeing negatives all, uh, you know, the time. Look at Moses here. God is in control even in the midst of a catastrophe and he can protect us. Now, look at what happened. God protected Moses um, for some time for um, initially uh, under the, the, the hands of his parents for three months. And when they couldn't keep him anymore, they took him to the river. And we are saying that this was by divine ordination and an act of faith. 
as we read in uh, and as uh, we, we see in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. And we know that faith does not come from anywhere else but from God. So God was at work through the lives of the parents of Moses and in his Moses's life, in his entire family. The sister is watching. And this is why I'm perturbed later in Numbers chapter 12 uh, when uh, Aaron and Miriam of all people arose against Moses and um you know, they conspired with uh, some other people and they said, we are tired of Moses' leadership. Let us also have something to do with the leadership here, you know. And how, how could they rise against Moses? And you know what God did? God comes there and then and says, if they may be a prophet, if there is a prophet in the midst of you, I will speak to them through... Um, you know, dreams and visions, but not so with my servant Moses. Why? He is special to me. To him, I speak as a man speaks with a friend. Why then did you not honor my servant or fear, you know, intervening in the life of my servant Moses? And uh, you know what happened? Of course, you know, as scripture readers, what happened thereafter was that God, um, you know, hit Miriam with uh, leprosy. You see that? How could Miriam mess up with this boy? Uh, did, did she think that it was an ordinary boy? Wasn't she involved in, in, in seeing the extraordinary things that God was doing in the life of her young brother uh, to, to begin messing? Uh, this is the thing here that we are, we, 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 we are talking about here. The point I want to make, my dear friend, this morning is that God has the ability to protect us in the midst of a catastrophe. Look at how God goes right ahead and uses the very people that were hunting, you know, Moses and the rest of the Hebrew boys. Now, Moses was officially under royal protection. You see, <laughs> no one could possibly touch Moses. And later on, he was taken and was grown up or raised in, 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 in the very backyard of the system he was being raised to offset. Can you imagine? Our God is an amazing God. God can use the very enemy that is coming to destroy you to protect you. He can do that. But this is one thing that I want you to note. God protects us and God does all that for his will, you know, and for a mission in our lives. Later on, when you go back to Hebrews chapter um, 11 and verse 24, you realize that Moses had a mission upon his life. He had a mission upon his life. Uh, um, um, Hebrews 11, 24 uh, teaches and says uh, that um, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of uh, Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. You see, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover that we are going to see very soon and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. 
you're seeing that this very very paramount i want you to note this when god protects you and preserves you in the midst of a pandemic in the midst of a catastrophe it is because god intends to use you for his glory you have a life mission upon your life you have a divine mission upon your life that is the intention that god protects you for now for most of us the problem is that when we are preserved when we are protected then we think we are special we could even go against others look at how many of us have been given means to survive here in the pandemic you know how many of us have been given means to travel the means of transport a means of survival food and everything some of us are still working now look at this how many of us know that that is meant to be used for a mission uh, and glorifying god in every way you know this is where the point fits in of the fact that some people may die in the pandemic especially saints yeah you don't have to question when they die the bible teaches that uh, when the, the the saints uh, uh go it is because god has uh, you know determined it you know probably they have come to the end of their lives and they have come to the end of their missions in their lives uh, this is what you must understand god preserved moses for a mission and this is why god is preserving you and me the problem is we end up getting focused on other things instead of focusing on uh, uh, christ uh, jesus and his call in our lives um, you, you see, uh, there is something that comes out very uniquely here. Moses was a type of Christ. When you go to Matthew uh, chapter 2, you realize that um, uh, Jesus Christ, just like Moses, survived childhood death uh, by uh, at the hands of this man called Herod. Why? Because he had a mission to fulfill. You see that? Um, Jesus was born to die, but even then he could not die before the ordained and appointed time of God. You understand that? Uh, this is how it really works. In uh, Matthew uh, chapter uh, 1, before you get to chapter 2, in chapter 1, verse 23, the Bible says that when uh, he will be born, his name shall be called Jesus Christ, for he will be the one that will save his people out of sin. That is the meaning of that name, Jesus. But before that could happen, Herod wanted to kill him. He really wanted to kill him. Listen to Matthew 2, 3. It says when King Herod heard that, heard this he was disturbed and all jerusalem with him when he had called uh, together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law he asked them where the messiah was to be born in bethlehem in judea they replied for this is what the prophet um has written then herod verse 7 then herod called the magi secretly and found out from them the exact time and the star uh, the, the, the star had appeared he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, <laughs> you find him, report to me. He doesn't know who he's messing with here. So that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard uh, the king, uh, they went on their way. And the start they had seen, eh? uh, when it, it arose, went ahead of them. Until it stopped over the place where the child was. Um, uh, verse, uh, verse, uh, verse 11. On coming to their house, they saw the child. Verse 13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. 
They wanted to kill Moses in Egypt, and here is the savior of the world, uh, you know, replicating this very important message here, uh, fleeing to Egypt and getting saved in Egypt, where Moses uh, was saved at some point and also later came to Midian. Uh, you, you, you see that? So, uh, just like we see in the life of grace, our lives are preserved for a mission are preserved for a mission. Friends, you have a God that can protect you even in the midst of the pandemic. I pray that God will make you a Passover treasure, a Passover entity, a Passover son, a Passover daughter. In Exodus chapter 12, in verse 12 and 13, um, upon the day of the Passover, when they were coming out, it is the blood of Jesus that we get to see. It is the hand of God that we get to see that can be able to protect us in the midst of um, a catastrophe like we are seeing here. In verse 12, the Bible says of Hebrews 12, no, of uh, Exodus 12, excuse me. It says, on that same night, I'll pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I'll bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be, listen to that, a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Hallelujah. You see that? God can protect his people and he actually protected his people in um, Egypt upon the Passover. You know, no one died in, in Egypt. Uh, 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 no one among us, the, the Hebrews, died in Egypt. Why? Because of the sign of the blood of uh, the Passover lamb. Later in John chapter 1, verse 29, John beholds Jesus and he says, Behold uh, the Passover lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ is the center of our protection, even in these catastrophes, in our challenges, in various situations. That is why he he says in uh, Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 8 that after a time the Lord has commissioned me to the nations that ravaged you. For whoever touches you touches the apple of his own eye. You know, the psalmist writes in Psalm 34 and verse 7 that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Friends, God is at work unto those who trust him. He protects you. Nothing is going to touch you as long as it is the will of God and as long as God has it still uh, in plan to have you accomplish uh, your mission down here on earth. But the problem is people get so scared, they get so worried, and they are sucked out of energy, they are sucked out of peace. People begin slimming. You, you begin picking sicknesses that shouldn't be picking, hypertension and stuff of that nature. Let me tell you, whatever God has not ordained to happen will not happen as long as you remain faithful and walk by the wisdom of the Spirit of God. You see that, my dear friends? This is why you're meant to walk, you know, with peace. Eh? You're meant to walk with peace. In Lingala, we say, Tambla Malembe Nakokoma. I am walking with peace. I am going to make it. That is what it means. You see, nothing's going to, eh? nothing's going to happen as long as God is with you, as long as he fights for you. As long as, you know, he, 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 he takes care of you. Uh, this is the thing that we are making today. Why must you get worried? And yet God takes care of us, even in the midst of the catastrophe. And may the Lord bless you. And may you take this to heart. Father, touch our lives and help us to settle and know that no one can overcome us in one way or the other. As long as we are keeping in fellowship with you, as long as we are upholding unto our mission, as long as we are counting on you, we will be protected 
dead. Father, we are pleading the blood of the Lord Christ Jesus in our lives. We are pleading, Lord, for your mercy. We are pleading for your fellowship, that we shall remain in fellowship with you in whatever we do, O heavenly Savior, King of glory, that nothing shall draw us away from you, for in you we are secure, we are saved. And I hope us as long as we live to focus on your mission, not to live for our will. We bless you, King of glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.